Hello and welcome to the making of Playing With Songs. I'm Rob Langley-Jones and this is episode number one. Exactly what is playing with songs? Well, playing with songs is going to be a podcast series. That was always the initial idea because I've really loved podcasts since around 2004, 2005. I first got an iPod Mini. Really love listening to the video game podcasts, all the One Up podcasts, IGN podcasts, GameSpot presents the Hotspot. I just loved all all of that kind of stuff and that medium. And it was just really great to have that to listen to. And I remember around that time, 2008, I recorded a little test that was going to be a podcast about video games, and then I thought nothing more of it. Um, But all these years later, I'm a singer, and I've always wanted to be maybe a singer-guitarist on a cruise ship. It would be a nice job. But to do that, you need to know like 200, 250 songs. And I thought, well, I wonder if I can make a podcast series that follows my journey to learn the songs thought this could work so I began to sort of refine it and um, got to a point where the show would break a song down into little chunks play with them and tinker around and piece them all back together it was beginning to turn into a bit of a format which was nice so I made a pilot episode on one song and that was on the song Stand By Me which I can't share unfortunately because I would have to pay a huge amount in copyright fees so once I found out about all of the copyright costs I realised that I had to shift my focus away from cover songs so I have written a lot of my own material a lot of original songs so I thought okay we can take the same format and apply it to my original songs so I started doing that started off with one song and I thought well this is a a bit boring who's going to care about my original song this is you know a bit nothingy and I thought well what if I can add more to it so I added some drums to it added some bass added some harmonies and then turned it into like a a fully produced song or at least to the best of my ability on GarageBand with my limited production knowledge but which was great you know so we'd finish the episode and we'd produced a whole song so then I made another one and did the same and ended up with all of these split screen effects because I wanted to document me playing every instrument along the way but the format had then changed hugely because then it was no longer taking a song breaking it into chunks um, playing around and tinkering and trying to find a way to improve on the performance and maybe improve on guitar playing or improve on singing instead it was taking this song break it down into chunks and saying you know let's just add more and more and make it into a full song and it wasn't really about improvement anymore and so I thought that was a bit of a shame and then on top of that it was taking a very very long time to make an episode like this the first one took a month and the second one took over two months and I haven't actually had time to get to the point of learning how to colour grade the shows as well to make them look a bit more polished and to finish producing the audio so that at least the voiceover level stays at a decent level. So I thought, well, first things first, I want to make it faster. And second thing second, I want to get back to what the heart of the show was. So I started breaking it down and scripting it very thoroughly. And at the end of it, I've come up with two show formats. 
because I did quite like the idea that we added in new instruments, but it did move away from the original format. And so I thought, well, what if we can rein it in a bit more, make it a bit more restricted and make it work? Talking of restrictions and constrictions, uh, one of the things I've always loved about the 8-bit and the 16-bit video games, um, this is kind of romanticised idea of game developers getting every little last inch out of that piece of hardware. So you end up with something like a game that could only be on that console and it's using every last little bit of it in all these tricky kind of ways. And I thought, well, I wonder if I can apply that to the Playing This Song show in order to instead of having an endless number of ideas of harmonies to add in and instruments and key changes and everything else, we can take the original song, which would just be me singing and playing guitar, and say, this is the intro. And for this intro, you can, I want you to specifically have, say, acoustic guitar only, and it's got to be strumming only, or it's got to be acoustic guitar and it's got to be finger-picked, or there's got to be a little melody in there, or even sort of hum out, I want it to go... And then, like, it has to be that. And the more little constrictions I can put in and say the drum's got to be on it, it's got to be in this time signature, it's got to be in this tempo, and this section has got to be exactly like that. And I think that will make it a lot faster to create the episode. So you'll go through that song, and I'll work out exactly how I want everything to be very restricted very exact and then go away and make these extra things and what we could do to make it a bit more entertaining is say that there's like a past Rob which should be me in the past and a future Rob me in the future and the past Rob can say here's the intro I want this this and this I want this kind of bass go and then the future Rob goes do you like that yes right I want this kind of car this kind of guitar in fact Uh, do you like that yeah that's great put it back together and then build things up bit by bit and I really want it to be um, quite a a positive experience one of the things at the heart of why I made this actually uh, along the lines of improvement was one of the things that happens to me is I let my ego get too deeply invested on a song that I'm improving. So what could happen is we start with a song, maybe it's a, you know, middle-of-the-road kind of quality, and I try this and it will get better, and I try this and it will get a bit better, and it will be a bit better and a bit better, but it's still not really there yet. And because I won't necessarily be checking back to like an original bass level performance of where I was at, I'm just still going to be thinking, well, it's not good enough yet. And then you just feel awful, you know, mentally, and you just think, oh, I'm a complete failure, and you don't really get anywhere. Which is why I wanted to come up with a show like Playing With Songs that would break it down into little chunks, make improvements, and keep checking it back against the original to say, huh, this was how we, you know, we wanted it to get better. Did it get better in that regard? Yes. You know, are we pleased with that improvement? Yeah, it's better than before. Now let's move on. Bish, bash, bosh. So as you might have realised, this format that I've been talking about doesn't really deal with improvement anymore, does it? It deals with adding lots of instruments together. So now we've got two formats that I've narrowed down. There's going to be playing with songs produced, and that's going to take an acoustic song, plan every little instrument and bit that's going to be added into it to make it a full song you know, like a a song with more than one instrument. And then they'll be playing with songs acoustic. And what that's going to do is get closer to my original vision, which is to have singer, guitarist, break it down into chunks, maybe four or eight bars each, each chunk, and then pick one thing 
to improve. And I thought in an aim for positivity and to not get stuck into this negative spiral, because the thing I find that happens is if you if you let yourself go into that or if you, if you focus on the negative or, or let that kind of take over, suddenly your mind becomes really narrow, you can't really see any possibilities, and it's very, very difficult to then improve because you're fighting against that all the time. So in order to circumvent that, that's a good word, I thought we can first observe in the chunk which bit of the chunk are we proud of. And we say, oh, well, I kind of like the way I did this, but I think this bit can be improved. How can we improve that? We'll find out one way to to improve this thing, and then we'll go ahead and improve that thing. And in an effort to really learn this and to lock it in, I want to use some learning methods. Now, I'm a really big fan of the Jim Quick podcast. I'm not affiliated with him in any way, but I think everything he he does is really great because it's all about how to use your brain most efficiently. So I was thinking, how can we apply that to improving songs? We could say, this was the intro. We like this, but we wanted to improve that. We approved it like this. Now, how can we remember it? So then we can think of a, a crazy, imaginative, outlandish thing to help me remember. One of the things I thought the other day that could be used is, for example, it's, it's, good, it's often very good to sing on the vowels and to stay on the vowels as you sing through a phrase. So um, there's this great guy on the Beatles Harmony uh, YouTube channel and he has this example about singing on the vowels and see if I can get it right. So he sort of sings, Eleanor Rigby, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But then he was saying if you sing it on the vowels, it would be more, Eleanor Rigby, da 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 and stay on the vowels. And then he has a bunch of other really great tips about chewing the vowels, sliding up to the high notes, um, and really carefully marking down where your breath points are. Um, those things alone have been a real huge benefit of really taking my singing to a next level. Even having worked as a singer for five years or more and having so many singing lessons from so many people, those things have been very, very useful. So the reason I say that is because one little mental image that could help you remember singing on the vowels that I've come up with is, so you can imagine you are snowboarding and you're staying on an exact track and that can be like the staying on the vowels. So then that could be, this is your chunk of the song, you want to remember to sing on the vowels, so then you remember that you're skiing uh, or snowboarding at that point. And then to link it to the next chunk. And the next chunk, you can link it through like a, a memory exercise where you could be in a, in a room, going through a room, associating it with things in a room that you know that's familiar or a route through your house or just a familiar walk you go on. And so that would be the plan. You have chunk one, one thing we like, one thing to improve, uh, a way to remember what we're improving and a place to put it in on the route so we can find a way to lock it in and link it in. So that will be the playing with songs acoustic, and then the other one will be playing with songs produced. So that is the show. Why am I making the show? I think I've kind of explained a bit why. It was really to document me learning these songs. But now, um, I can't do that because of copywriting, so now it's kind of shifted more. It's now, I would say, the focus, especially with playing with songs acoustic, is it's kind of helping me to, to learn and improve faster and to also share that with others. And the idea being is that then you've got ideas to say, oh, look, he just broke it down his little bits and he just did this little chunk and that made it a bit better. You know, because you could even watch the episode and go, oh, I just watched the first couple of chunks. Oh, well, that was an interesting way to approach that improvement rather than getting bogged down in some kind of negativity. He was able to say, oh, let's fix it this way. Okay, let's do it. It's done. 
And so hopefully people can take something away from that and go, oh, you know, it's not, it's not so very difficult after all. I think the thing with music, I don't know if this is different for people that play instruments, but I find as a singer, so much of your self ends up being tied into sort of every little bit that you practice and perform. I don't know, there's so much, I guess, emotion that goes into it as well. So anything that I can share that can take some of that ego out of there and take some of the self out so you can just improve a bit, and, you know, and then you can bring yourself back in at the end. But, but I think if we get too attached to it representing who we are, like one flat note means your whole life's a disaster, you know? Um, the more that we can get away from that, I think the easier it is to improve. So that's the real reason I would say why I'm making it, um, is to share that. Um, and you'll end up hearing some of my songs, and hopefully they're not they're not all they're not all bad to be honest. Some are okay, some are not. But one thing's for sure, they'll all be improved by the end of the episode. So if you don't like it at the beginning, maybe you'll like it at the end. Who knows? I. I am Rob Langley-Jones. So I originally studied um, TV production, technology and, and media, moving image, um, and I had a career in um, TV post-production. But at the same time, I did study some music theory. I learned guitar. Um, in my early 20s, I think it was 23, 24, I found a barbershop harmony singing. I joined a barbershop harmony chorus, where you sing in four-part harmony, um, and that was really fun. I think one of the appeals for that was, I remember when I was very little listening to Elvis, and every time the harmonies would come on in the background, especially the low bass kind of harmony, which I, I can't sing, unfortunately. I'm not a, a bass singer. But you'd hear those harmonies kick in. I'd be like, whoa, like, hairs, and, hairs on the, how do they say it? Hairs on the back of your head? Hairs on the back of your neck? Hairs on the back of your neck, or like goosebumps, you know. You'd be like, whoa, these harmonies are incredible. So I've really loved the sound of these harmonies, and I've always had that deep kind of interest in, in making music and then writing songs. I was always writing songs from as soon as I could learn to play the guitar. And even before then, I was writing raps when I was at school. So I always wanted to create something musically. But, um, but it seemed like TV seemed all right, seemed kind of fun. I thought maybe I want to be an editor. I don't know. So I worked in post-production for about seven years, and I kind of got to a crossroads where I could either gone in more on the technical side and just gone all in, or maybe take a break and do something different. So I took a break, um, and I was either going to become a singer or become a video games maker, like a programmer or something. And I thought about it for a while, and I thought, nah, I want to be a singer. So I started doing open mic nights, um, started some performing arts courses, which was great, met some really great people. I, I tell you, the thing that really struck me was because I had all this kind of want, you know, to perform and that, and I'd never really had any friends from that kind of background and, and through performing arts, I mean, I'm not really into musicals, but the one thing that we all had in common was this all, this want kind of to perform and be out there and tell a story and, you know, and just sort of, yeah, you know, share performance with others and so to then meet other people that had that one and it was similar with open mics as well I guess it was just nice to meet like-minded people 
who understood the need, I guess, to perform and share performances with others. So that was lovely. And so I worked as a singer for those seven years. And I think I've already explained a little bit how this led me to here, which was that I've always kind of liked the idea of being a singer-guitarist, like I said earlier. So then it shifted into a new thing. So where am I now? Where am I now? I'm in England. I'm in the south of England. I live most of my life in the south of England, in London, and in Rhodes, and in Mallorca, and on a cruise ships around the world, which was nice. But currently, currently I'm here. I might soon be going to another Spanish island, depending on the COVID situation and visa situation. We can but hope. And if that's the case, we'll carry on with this Playing With Songs project in the meantime. Right, so how are we making this Playing With Songs show or podcast or project? Well, at the moment, this has been filmed on my iPhone. It's going through my USB mixer into the microphone. That's how I'm going to record all of the talky bits. And then for the instrument bits, what I've been doing is going into that same mixer and recording straight to GarageBand, filming again on my phone, and then syncing it back up afterwards. Um, that seems to have been the most streamlined way of doing it. The useful bit of the process I've got to now is the, the, the good audio to the good mic is going straight into the foam. So then when I edit this on Final Cut, that good audio is already there and it's already set to mono, as opposed to recording this separately and then syncing it back up again. It would be nice to automatically sync it to the... Uh, the audio from the music as well but I'm not really sure that's a possibility because when you're layering things up you're putting guitar in and drums in and I can't really record all of that straight into the the phone I don't think unless unless it could be like a live thing that was building up so that's the process so far of how it's filmed and the idea as well is to script it and plan it in as much detail as possible because the more efficient we can get it, the more episodes we can create. Because at the moment, I can really only promise to create one episode every two months because that's how long it's taking. But the more I can refine the format and also we can get to a point where we've got some support through Patreon or possibly the Podbean Patreon service, depending on which one we go for, and get enough money coming in, then that's also going to make it easier to produce faster. For example, if the money was limit li limitless... I mean, plenty of money, I would have effectively the equivalent of like a TV studio set up in my room so that we can just record directly into Final Cut uh, and the video and audio is there already. I mean, and then even, even further in an even more ideal world, I'd probably have live compressor effects and EQ effects all set up perfectly just to route through so that when this audio goes through it's already broadcastable a bit like when you listen to commercial radio that's already going through a bunch of effects process processes to make it usable that would be the ideal some kind of studio lighting everything to look nice and then that would drastically speed up the production process so I guess that's where we're kind of aiming towards every little thing that's going to make it faster to create and more efficient and most of that's probably going to come from planning as opposed to new equipment but the new equipment would certainly speed things up a lot and that's something we'll look at 
as time goes on. So that's kind of how we're making it. And when are we making it? Well, we're making it now. I've got to the point now where I've got two produced episodes, as it were, finished, which are... End up a bit more of a video diary, I'd say. This is this chunk. Oh, I wonder if I should try this. Let's try this. And then it slowly builds up into the full song. And that's where we're at now with those two. But the third episode of Playing with Songs Produced will be outlined in this more detailed format, like I mentioned before, saying ahead of time, these are the, the exact things that we want to be created, you know, harmony-wise or, or bass or drums or keys or anything like that. And those would be how those episodes would progress. And so in time, when a bit more money comes in or when it becomes easier to create episodes at a faster rate, I think the next step would be nice to go from having a playing with songs produced every two months to then perhaps in the months in between having a playing with songs acoustic episode. And that's really as far as I'd like to commit at this stage in terms of episodes until I know for certain how we can make this be created at a fast pace. So what's next to do? Well, I can give you a little update to say where I've got now. I've started in the planning stages of what would be episode three of Playing the Songs Produced. And that's going to be a song called Stay, which I wrote with my friend. So these first seven songs, I would say, are the songs for Sophie or seven songs for Sophie. They're all either written about my friend Sophie or, or with my friend Sophie. And I always had, had this idea back in 2015 that it'd be nice to create like a little EP of those songs um, to release. And so that's what we're going to work on first. So I had written out somewhere in my notebook. Oh, here we go. As far as I got was to chunk one and marking down the, the feel and the groove, which I want it to have a kind of driving forward feel, a bit like a steamer ship going full speed ahead. We were on a ship. I mean, we probably never went that fast, but still. And to start the intro with just the acoustic guitar with a little melody in the gaps. Something like that. And then a drum feel at the end of the intro to lead into the first chorus. And maybe like a, a bass line on one note, dun, 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 and then sliding up into the intro. That's my idea so far. And the emotional journey of the song, I wanted to establish that from the outset, which is it's kind of one of loss and longing for the happy times to continue because we had so much fun together going around different places. Um, and that was coming to an end. And plus to the happiness of the time that we still had together and enjoying each other's company. And when we recorded uh, the performance of it, It'll, you know, some of the lyrics are a bit silly, you know, um, and we'll be happy. Um, I think we were both laughing. So it's such a happy time and a sad time at the same time, really. I've also marked out exactly where the tempos are. So there's one part that's kind of jazz in style. That's 120 beats per minute. There's one part that's a bit more reggae. That's about 125 to 130. And then the main song is about one one. 2 to 120, 112 to 120 beats per minute. So at the time this was just played on acoustic guitar, but I'd now like to, this will go through playing songs produced, and I'll have a set metronome ahead of time that we'll be working towards from the outset. So that's the only other thing that can make it a little bit tricky, because in Garage Band, as far as I'm aware, you cannot change the tempo in Garage Band mid-song. So it may mean investing the big bucks, £299.99, hell of a lot of money, to get Logic Pro 10, because I know that you can 
change the tempo halfway through with that. So that's the next chunk to do for that episode three. The other work still to be done is in episode one, episode two of what we'll be playing with songs produced is to colour grade which is now something I can do since I've spent so much money on the new MacBook Pro with the M1 processor. So I now need to set that up and plug that up to the other monitor. And the good thing with that one is the display, um, from what I've told, represents the full Rec. 709 color space, which is the the professional like um, HD TV color space that. TV shows are colour graded to, you know, where they make the colours look nice and it's the what everything fits within. So, for instance, there'll be, like, the darkest the blacks can be and the whitest the whites can be and the same for red, green and blue and that'll fit into a certain set of limits. So with that, I'll be able to get an accurate view of how it would have been graded had it been a TV show that goes on TV because what I kind of like to do is is adhere to what would be, say, the BBC and Channel 4 technical specifications because that used to be part of my job back in the day, doing QCs for TV shows. And you'd check to see if it adhered to the, the right quality standards. So it would be nice to, although these videos would probably only be on YouTube, to have them um, in such a way that they would meet all the standards should they ever become on television in the future. It would just be nice to future-proof it. Hence why this is predominantly an audio podcast, but you might be watching this as well. Um, I really want to cover all my bases and future-proof this so that it can be uh, another show in the future. And some of you might say, well, if you're really future-proofing it, you should probably be shooting it in 4K. It's like, yeah, maybe I will at some point if I ever have the equipment that could do that. But right now I don't. I don't know, this phone might shoot in 4K. Who knows, maybe this show will become 4K. But I know that the forward-facing camera only shoots in HD. And for filming myself playing instruments, it's very difficult to know what the framing will be. So in this shot, you may have lost a lot of the top of my head. But I don't know, because I can't see what's being filmed, unfortunately. But at least this way, you're getting the outward-facing camera, which is a bit better quality than the front-facing camera. So, so that's nice. So we've got that next to do, and then we also need to um, make the audio nice. So I did a lot of research into whether you can get a project from Final Cut 10 into Logic Pro 10. I followed some guides, but none of them seemed to quite work. They all seemed to put in a delay of audio of some sort, despite trying to get all of the sample rates to match. But one thing I did come across is if you, in Final Cut 10, assign the audio tracks with specific roles, so for instance you could say all of the times I'm talking here to the microphone is down as dialogue, and then all, all the music is music, and then you've got effects as well, and you can put other custom names, then that way you can make a compound clip, I believe, and then show the audio lanes, and then you ought to be able to just have every bit where the voiceover is, set the levels you know, approximately-ish, and then go back over and put any relevant EQ in and maybe DS or effects, because sometimes this mic picks up a lot of S sounds and some compression and, and the limiter and, and things like that, and just to polish off the audio so it's um, a good level. I really want to aim for as, as good audio as possible, which would be why, I guess, in the future it would be nice to invest, if I ever get enough funding in a condenser mic. So that might be something that happens in as this goes on 
we'll try and narrow down exactly which bits of kit are going to boost the production values, which amounts of money are going to allow me to create episodes more quickly, so that then we can perhaps put in like goals like and targets, like once we get to this number of subscribers or this number of donations, then we can invest it in these bits of kit, and then this is what you're going to get for it. The thing that's not 100% decided yet is will that be on Patreon because Patreon is, is a brilliant website but I am aware that you lose about 11% in fees which is fine because you you know in that 11% you are getting a very nice service it's very slick it's very nice very secure you've got your own private podcast feed it is great and you've got lots of spots to put your artwork in so we may just stick with that anyway um, because the other option is using this uh, Podbean Patreon service, which does seem to have pretty much the same features, but the only real drawback I see with the Patreon service is it just looks ugly. The Podbean Patreon just looks really old-fashioned, and the fonts look old-fashioned. I just don't like the look of it particularly, unfortunately. And um, I kind of feel like if I don't like the look of it, then other people probably won't like the look of it either. So I do often think long term, I may host the podcast on Podbean and at some point try and get some kind of free basic, very basic website builder so that when you go to playingwithsongs.com, you don't really see a lot, but at least what you do see looks nice and uh, has a link to the, the podcast player and comments and things like that. But we'll see. I think in the short term, we'll use everything that Podbean has because I'm not a web developer So and we've got to launch somehow and then begin to scale bit by bit. So at the moment, we're on track to release episode one of Playing With Songs produced on uh, March, April, May, the 1st of May. Let me check. Right, so we are on track to release episode one of Playing With Songs produced on Monday, May the 3rd, 2021. So until next time, I'm going to continue to work on planning out episode three of Playing With Songs Produced, which will be about a song called Stay. And we'll be looking at how we can begin to colour grade episode one and episode two and begin to look at the audio mixing of episode one and episode two. So until then, I, I do hope you have a lovely week. And let's all hope that it's going to be a lovely year, I hope. I do have a lot of hope that this uh, horrible um, time that a lot of us are going through with the current world situation, probably don't need to give it a name, I'm sure you can guess what it is, hopefully this is the year that it begins to get better. So until next time, take care of yourself and uh, see you later. (laughs) 